Um, so this week's episode is episode five of Sparks of Madness, episode five already. Thanks to all those who've been listening. Um, listen numbers haven't been huge, but those who've listened, the feedback has been great. So um, really appreciate that. And to be honest, even if no one listened, I'm just enjoying the conversations. So um, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Um, episode five is uh, the first episode I've recorded with um, a, a comedian I'm yet to meet. Um, uh, we have um, we are sort of Facebook friends. The way comedy sometimes works on Facebook is that um, people uh, befriend each other within the industry without meeting. It's a bit of a weird industry like that, but it, it works. Um, but it's someone I've heard a lot about and, and been an admirer of. Um, uh, it's Matthew Reed, who's a comedian who's been gigging since 1999 um, in the northeast primarily, but, you know, he's a big name, a uh, big enough name on the circuit um, to to have been fully professional for some time now, uh, around 15 years. Um, and uh, we had a really good conversation. It's fasc- fascinating. Um, the first... 10 minutes or so of the conversation actually are um, talking about the Black Lives Matter movement um, which on the day we were recording was very much in the news Uh, we recorded this on the Monday after the Edward Colston statue was torn down in Bristol and thrown into the river um, and uh, that issue was dominating the news and Matthew himself had actually been on a Black Lives Matter march over the weekend Um, so we discussed that and then touched on social media and how uh, sometimes uh, quite damaging to one's mental health it can be so really good conversation to be honest this could quite easily have been a three-hour episode I think because uh, I looked at at the timer and thought "Uh, time's up and it felt like we've been speaking for a matter of minutes so really enjoyed it um, and I think you will too so um, have a listen Uh, do enjoy bear in mind though that this episode just from a trigger warning perspective does contain uh, discussions of um, quite profound depressive episodes, um, including thoughts of suicide. So please do bear that in mind. And we also discuss um, uh, the way that other people's mental health can affect people um, in a story which Matt tells me about um, uh, when he was uh, catfished and stalked by a woman with some very serious mental health issues. Um, All will become clear with that, um, but uh, just worth bearing in mind if you're listening. Anyway, episode five uh, of Sparks of Madness with the fantastic Matthew Reed. Enjoy. Okay, so um, welcome to another episode of Sparks of Madness, and my guest this time is uh, Matthew Reed. Um, hi, Matthew. Hello there. How are you doing? Not bad, man. Not bad at all. Um, and uh, thank, I must thank Matthew because uh, we actually recorded an episode of this about three weeks ago, and then uh, the recording buggered up. Um, so we're having another a run at it, so I appreciate that. Um, and just for context for people listening, um, it's a bit of a weird time when we're recording this, beginning of July, uh, sorry, June, beginning of June. Um, so we've been in lockdown for something like 11 weeks, and then in the last week or so, um, things have gone a bit crazy over in America and over here with the Black Lives Matter movement following the, the murder of George Floyd. So that's just so that people know what we're talking about when we're talking about it. But what have you made of all the recent events? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I have, it, 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 I mean, it's affected me personally. I mean, obviously, uh, I am heavily, I'll just get it out there. I'm heavily opposed to racism. Just to uh, make sure everybody knows that. Controversial. Uh, <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't want to sound outlandish, but I think it's wrong. Um, 
uh, to the degree where like um I've actually I, I went out myself and uh, I went I went on the match and uh, in Newcastle and the and it was it was a very emotional day it was very moving it was it was it was beautiful to be honest it was it was a lovely coming together of decent minded people but then there's the backlash which to be honest this is this is this is what's really affected me uh, more than anything else that the people just waiting waiting to be horrible like mm. they just want an excuse to be horrible i mean it's, it's not like it's not like they care that much that anyone went marching uh, some people have just been sat there waiting for a reason to have a go and there's there's, there's an underlying racism to quite a bit of it as well i mean that would wait for sure i mean like in the, and there's a lot of stuff going about about how how it was organized and that and i was there and there's people going oh this happened and that happened no it didn't and when I open social media on the morning, now, I just go, do I want to do this? Do yeah. I, do, is this going to, I mean, I don't, do I want to start my day by looking at people telling me I was wrong for doing that when I definitely didn't feel wrong, like? <laughs> yeah. No? It's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Social media is one of those things now that can be such a, a powerful force for good and the Black mm. Lives Matter movement is a case for that, but then it could also be a very toxic and draining environment and i've seen i've lost count of the number of people i've seen saying that they've had to they feel like they've either had to completely remove themselves from social media or um much more carefully kind of curate their friends lists or their followers list and actually some people removing family members or blocking family members and and all all because of the strength of feeling but it's it can be it's relentless isn't it i think and um and it and that can be I mean, obviously, the subject of this podcast is comedy and mental health, but in terms of mental health, it can be very mm. draining because when do you stop scrolling? Oh. <laughs> you know, I find myself and, scrolling looking for more allies, and then yeah. and then every time I see someone who whose at- attitude kind of fucks me off and depresses me, I feel mm. like I've got to find even more allies and more allies, and you can spend all day doing it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you I've went on the march. I mean, that's great, man. I, I personally endorse that. I'm, I've I've obeyed the lockdown religiously uh, for eleven yeah. weeks. And I wouldn't hesitate if a march was in my area. I don't think there was one in Leeds, which is the closest place to me. I'm quite um, surprised that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I haven't certainly haven't seen evidence of one. I've seen sort of relatively local stuff. Uh, I know Sheffield had a bit, um, but uh-huh. I wouldn't hesitate to go. Um, I'd probably get a major bollocking from my wife um, <laughs> for for it in terms of the risk to health um, yeah. that's perceived. But I would go. Do you, do you have the shield? Well, my son, my son has asthma. He's, he's ten. He has asthma. Well, there you go. Um, well, that, see, see. Now, of course, of course, you should. Say, of course, you shouldn't go. Like, if, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm in, I'm in a position where I, I'm fine to go. And to be honest, right, this, this is the argument I've been having because people going, "Well, here's the second spike." I'm like, "Where were you? Where were you when people were doing the conga for the idea? Oh yeah, yeah. does that not fit your we'll agenda?" Flying to the like, beach to get tombstone in. Of course, some people are angry and they're, and they're not racist. They're just like, "Oh look, we want to get out, and yeah. that's fine." And this will cause a second spike. And right, about a second spike that was. It's already going to come anyway, and that wasn't. And I very much doubt that was any of it. But like, there may be one or two cases because of this. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm in no doubt. There's thousands of people gathering. Uh, no doubt there will be a, there will be some sort of increase because of this. But at the same time, I have been to Little and I've been to Asda, and I have come into more contact with people than I did at that march. That didn't have any PPE, no earthing, and were breathing, coughing all over the place, handling stuff and putting it back. Mm. And 
that march was so respectfully done, they were handing masks out so people didn't mm-hmm. have them. They had hand sanitizer. They were they were very well patrolled to the point where to the point where they were getting a bit rude, going move over. Like, All right. And uh, but like everybody was everybody respected each other's space as much as they possibly could. And uh, the two meters, the two meter rule, to be honest, everywhere else in Europe is I, I learned this the other day. Everywhere else in Europe is one meter. The reason yeah. they're being given two meters is because the British fucking public can't be trusted yeah. <laughs> to do what they're told. Absolutely, yeah. So um, they're given like a slight. It's like you know when you you know when your mate who always turns up late, you always give them like a, a much earlier time. Like, oh yeah, we're going out at three when you're really going out at five. Yeah, and you know yeah. they'll turn up at like they're going to turn up at four. <laughs> it's, yeah, the same, think, it's the same with the British public in general. Just just stay about a meter away and you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird, isn't it? That that thing like I say like you say as well about this is what suddenly people are getting angry about. And yeah. and it's almost like, hang on a minute, do you know your history? Do you understand the history? This yeah. so the biggest argument today going around is about the statue in Bristol of yeah. Edward Colston that was torn down and people saying that it's oh they broke the law, they shouldn't do it, they shouldn't you know, and, and then you look at the guy's history and you think, Fucking hell, yeah. why is there even a statue up? Why why was oh, it taken down years, years ago? You know, it's um but it, it no, brought it to my attention. It brought it to my well, attention. I learned a lot about him. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty thousand people well, killed. Like, did you see? I mean, like, I saw a diagram of how he how yeah. he transported slaves, and I, I, I was speaking his stomach. I was. I, um, I commented on someone's post earlier on social media about it because they were talking about the people of Bristol who have to li- had to live with it. And I actually, I just did some really quick fag packet maths, and based yeah. on the population of Bristol, fifteen percent of Bristol is is black or ethnic minority, um, yeah. and um, and that equates to about eighty thousand people, which is the number of slaves he brought over roughly. I think it's about eighty five thousand yeah. slaves they said. And so there's effectively almost one one black or minority ethnic person in Bristol for every slave he brought over, except twenty thousand of them didn't make it. And yeah. I've got to walk past a statue of the prick every day. So yeah. I've met no sympathy at all. Um, no. and, and if they get prosecuted, which they're talking about trying to hide, oh, I, I don't mean, know how they, they prosecute they, that many people. Yeah, and the GoFundMe will be like, the GoFundMe will hit the millions. <laughs> I'm already saving up. The only other question I had about it, though, was how do you, with your bare hands, even if there's loads of you, how do you lob a statue over into a river? How do you get it down? I was just thinking about the logistics of it, which is probably not the thing to do, but I was thinking, surely nobody turned up with any power tools or anything. You know, it just must have been sort of just sheer no. willpower and so, brute force. We're going protesting. What do we need? Have you got a mask? Yes. Hat? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have a statue removal kit? Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, the whole thing's been quite depressing. One thing I found yesterday though was, and this this was nice because we're two, we are two white guys talking about this issue. Um, oh. Was because I've been worried about either appearing to be jumping on some kind of bandwagon, the phrase virtue signalling, which I think is a really toxic phrase, cropped to mind, mm-hmm. or saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. But I felt like I felt like for the last week I have to speak out every opportunity. And I got unsolicited a, a message from uh, a black guy on the circuit who I've not met, but you know what Facebook's like. You get friends on mm-hmm. Facebook that you've not met. And he just really briefly said, look, it hasn't got unnoticed. I've seen what you've been saying. Thanks. And it was a really nice little thing that just made me think, okay, well, it's, it's obviously roughly that I'm striking the right kind of tone and stuff like that. And but I just I think, think it's important like, to, to be an ally oh, if you can. Uh, yeah, of course. And, and, and feeling shame and, and feeling shame that, and you do, because uh, like you've got, before this has all happened, uh, you've all walked on eggshells and gone, oh God, I should probably call him out for doing that. And then it's, it's got to the point where, you know, where, where someone openly with impunity murdered someone in the street mm-hmm. and thought he was going to get away with it to the degree where like even me is like i'm probably 
are probably exactly what the far right thinks the far left white support of this looks like. I've got a big beard, long hair, and they probably think, oh, look at him, lives with his mum's basement, and all that. I don't want to tell him they're very nice that, actually. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but like, I'm probably exactly, and to the degree where I have foregone the, um, the, 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 idea that someone might shout virtue sigler others and even if they do i'll go yeah and i agree that's a horrible term like yeah. oh, what you're helping out who do you think you are yeah it's um but to the degree where even though there's a risk of me getting called out going oh you because someone did call us a bandwagon jumper the other day me and kai humphreys have been uh, shouting people down and um someone called us a bandwagon jumper and I says, how how can you call us a bandwagon and like I've looked, I've looked at just there's so much literature just being flung in my face at once about mm. all this, and I knew I knew some of it, and I didn't know a lot of it, and I looked at it and all, and I'm just like, this is ludicrous that it's it's taken this long for anyone to pop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, like I mean, like it was it was just like one of them where uh, someone was getting look at the difference, where the, the right where they've got the Tiger, the police Tiger, they've got those arsehole um, lads in America with the guns shouting in the police's face. And I'm like, how close to that government building do you think a gang of black lads with guns would get mm. before they were mown down? And these white lads are allowed to like shout in the places' faces with guns, like loaded guns on the person. Yeah. It, yeah. Someone it, said to me yesterday about um, there was because everyone's now focused on the very small minority of of people in these groups who are kind of either resorting to looting or rioting or whatever. Yeah. Um, there was the footage of that the police horse that bolted. And people mm-hmm. say, no, they knocked the police officer off the horse. Well, the police officer actually hit the traffic light and fell off the yeah. horse, which, you know, no, no one should be throwing stuff at animals. I don't think the horses should be there, personally. But that's no, a whole no of course they shouldn't. It's, um, it's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, but then someone said to me about, um, <laughs> this is the weirdest defence or, or or argument about it, was um, that people have gone to Downing Street and thrown objects towards number 10. Um, and... Um, that Boris Johnson's in there with a newborn baby. <laughs> and that was their argument. How would you feel if... And I was like, well, first of all, if you've ever been to Downing Street, and I have, there's gates across the end. It's not like you can rock up to the front door. Yeah. Um, and secondly... Is this like you're playing nine doors? <laughs> exactly. You know, and secondly, Margaret Thatcher got fucking mortared in Downing Street by the IRA. Yeah. You know, there's a real... The, it's, it's someone tossing a few bottles or stones in the general direction of something is not the same, but the whole thing has just been so bizarre. But I don't think it's going away either. I think it's going to stick around for a bit, and it's and better. hopefully the, heart, the hearts and minds thing will happen where people have maybe been on the fence. Or the, the best thing that can happen for me is that people who have been guilty of stuff that I've maybe been guilty of before, which is not calling it out among my own mm-hmm. when I see it, and that and I mean that with the the kind of the low level casual stuff mm-hmm. the mates who might say oh, like um if, if, if you're going around chinese with... call it a chinese restaurant yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, uh, yeah. and uh, stuff like that yeah yeah Even or, people... you, know, you get race, slightly racist humor sent to you on whatsapp groups and stuff like that and you just kind of look at it and you you i roll my eyes and i think fucking hell and then i just but i don't call it out or i haven't mm. called it out in the past because i almost can't be bothered having a conversation with people who i genuinely don't think are maliciously racist i can't say they're not yeah. racist but they they don't see the harm that that can do and i can't be bothered to have the argument well now i think i'm going to have the argument and now i think i'm going to have to have the argument because it's opened my eyes to that the fact that that is the the gateway to the worst stuff you know um yeah. so anyway this podcast isn't about um 
race riots or race rule no, or, right. or Black Lives Matter. So that's a good, you know, start to the conversation. But I think it's it's weird because we're in an industry where most people in our industry have a clear um, kind of position on social ethical issues and the majority yeah. i'd say are left towards the left and a bit more for, for social equality and fairness and stuff like that and it does affect your mental health i suppose so but let's start at the start um you're you've been a comedian for two decades now yeah i since 99 men and boys i since 99 was my first first gig and in the 99 and then um and then it's uh, just kept going and kept because it was it wasn't even meant to be it wasn't even meant to be um, a job. It certainly wasn't a career when I started. It was a hobby that you did, and then um, and I just loved it. I, I, after my first gig, I just, I just fell in love with it, and uh, I had I had a lovely first gig, which was as you probably know, it's an unusual. <laughs> I mean, yeah. gigs two to about thirty-seven were <laughs> probably a bit ropey, but uh, I might, but I got I got into comp airing fairly quickly. Mm. So um, I, I got I got more gigs because of that. And it's then, a handy skill from that point of view, isn't it? Yeah, and then um, I did a double act for a long time um, with me mate Farron Smith, and um, mm. we had a, we, we, we were certainly a comedians comedians. <laughs> it was very dark, and uh, we used to mm. do a lot of stuff, and we did we did, we did quite well. We were doing all right. We we're getting a lot of work and stuff, and then um, and then I had a little I had, I had a I had a little boy and. Uh, because of baby now, but little boy, that'll do. Uh, had a little boy and um, then realised that I was putting the money 50 50 and travelling around the country for like next to no. So I was like, it's not yeah. sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. So I basically had to fire my best friend, which wasn't fun, and uh, go off and do it. Is he still your best friend? Yeah. Best friend, the stretch, but uh, he's still a very good friend. I love him to death. So. Uh, but uh, well, eventually, anyway, we, we started. Uh, he wasn't happy at the beginning, but like, of course he wasn't. And um, but it was it was such it was such a it it helped me because like I needed I didn't I was working in the shop and my soul was getting destroyed every day. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and it's just this has given me such focus like of where I want to go. And I mean, I, I still haven't got an end game. I just want to do this as long as I can until nobody yeah. nobody wants wants us. I mean, and uh, it's, and I mean this. Uh, lockdown is absolutely. I mean, talk about mental, mental knocks. This has tortured me. I mean, like, mm. I, the longest. This is the longest I've gone for a gig for twenty years since I since my first gig. This is the longest I've ever gone without a gig. And um, I I mean, my poor girlfriend. I mean, like, uh, the gap in between Christmas and New Year where there's no gigs running, like, which is about eight, seven, eight days. That mm. used to drive me up the wall. It used to make us like tap my foot here. Yeah. And this. I've gone and now. You're on about eighty days, rather than eight yeah. days. And, yeah. I mean, so, I've done I've done online stuff. Yeah. But and some of them have been brilliant. I mean, Des McLean does one, and uh, I did one last night. This twenty four hour thing with Nicky Wilkinson uh, and our friends over in Australia sorted out, and it was brilliant because they had like an open thing, and you could hear the laughter. Because, but it, there was something about like there was a gig I did where you just talk into the camera, and it is there's nobody there, and it just reminds you that yeah, it's it's basically like. Doing a gig to nothing, to nobody, is like doing a gig in your own head. Mm. And it, it lets you reflect on how the ridiculousness of your own existence, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, you go, oh, God, I do this. This is what I do. I'm just literally waffling about nothing to nobody. Mm. And then you think, then you've, you've got to take a step back. After, after those gigs, I've got to sit down and go, no, that's not what I do. 
I make people laugh, <laughs> and that's yeah. a good thing. And but the, it's just the adrenaline that's missing because you've got to get yourself into the mood for a gig, and before then you've got you, you've got to be sitting in front of loads of people. There's a buzz. There's, you can have a drink. You can it's, it's, uh, you're with your friends. You can chat. But with this, you just I'm, I'm sat me I'm sat me a uh, spare room, just going right. It's my going three minutes. <laughs> Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh, hello, and it's just, it's just finding that energy, uh, taking a little bit more out of you, you know. Yeah, it's kind and of synthetic almost, isn't it? Rather than real, it's just not quite the same thing. And I do admire those people who've managed to to turn turn it into a real kind of thing for them throughout this time. Um, yeah. But it's just something I've not managed to do. I've done a couple of very brief bits. But mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be in the room with an audience to to make it yeah. work. But um, so twenty years, twenty one years coming up for for you gigging yeah. then. Um, obviously with a big chunk of time out now. When uh, when you had you had some issues, am I right in thinking after your son was born? Is that the first time yes, you had some yes, mental health issues that affected you? Yeah, um, very much. Career-wise? So. Um, it was it was it was horrendous. Uh, and uh, this, this always sounds horrible, but like, don't worry, I'll, I'll put it around. <laughs> but um, when I just left my supermarket job because I was just starting to earn, because I was looking yeah. at um, I was looking at my money and I was looking at um, my supermarket cash, which I tell you what, this is how long I was working at the supermarket. I was on three pounds sixty an hour. <laughs> I think I made something like nine grand a year. Mm. And I was looking at me, my money, and I was looking at me, um, money from comedy, and I was going like, which was nice because it was about level, so I was earning that again doing comedy. But I thought I could probably, I'll probably do that. And um, I was on the, because it's, it, it's insane, like, because there was times I was doing, I was doing like Leeds Festival, uh, doing 20 minutes on, on the comedy tent in front of one and a half thousand. I was on there just before. I think it was just before Ed burnt and the tent was rammed and mm. I, I've never had a gig like it. Like I could feel the laughter and the applause, like you could feel it. Like it moved your clothes, it was that loud. Mm. It was that many people. And I've just I'd never done anything like that. Was that was still one of my favourite gigs of all time. And it was off the curb group that was like when I came off off the curb, uh, Danny from off the curb was going, Oh my and I got loads of work off after that and then that's when it really started to snowball. And then but then I would go from that. And because I was doing the part time, I'd the next, I think it was the Sunday, because I was on, I was on the Sunday, and on the Monday, I was, I was selling scratch cards to, to, uh, <laughs> to angry mum. And it's just a real contrast, isn't it? Yeah, and then, yeah. Um, and, and I just like me, me head couldn't handle it. Like, I was just, this is not where I want to be. And I tell you what, it was some, um, you know, piano man by Billy Joel. Mm. There's a, there's a great lyric in this. He goes, uh, and they'd uh, sit at the bar and put bread in your jar and say, man, what are you doing here? And it was just, it felt like that kept going on Nicer FM, by the way. <laughs> the radio <laughs> show, for the nicer shops. It kept coming on. It was just that one line. It just yeah. made us go, what the fuck am I doing here? I've got to, I've got yeah. to get out of it. And isn't, that's absolutely nothing. I mean, Christ, I wish I worked for Supermarket now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but it, that just made us like, that made us so depressed. I was like, what, what are you doing here? And I just like, I've got to take a stand. And it was at that point, I just went, and it was the Christmas after that, actually. I got a gig at the stand and I asked if I could have the time off because my boss was brilliant. And he gave us all the time off I needed because he knew what it meant to me. And then I went upstairs and went, oh, I've just had a weekend, 19th to the 21st of December. 
at the stand in Edinburgh, which used to put you up in the most beautiful, I mean, they still do put you up in the beautiful flat, but they used to put you up in the, the Holiday Inn at the top of Leith Walk, which is a listed building, such a beautiful thing. You'd be there for a week, you get paid, you do one of the best gigs in the country, and it was all over Christmas, because uh, and Edinburgh Christmas is beautiful. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I went, and he was, oh, no, uh, sorry, it's the busiest time. I can't give you the time off, Matt, it's not fair. And I went, all right. So I came downstairs, scanned two items in off this bloke's massive shop, and just went, Matt, turned the till off, went, sorry, mate, till's broken, can you go to the next one? Went upstairs, I went, I can't work with you anymore. And he went, all right, no, no worries. Just that was it, and, uh, he went... Yeah, and I went and like you know, I, I, I'm I'm not an animal. I worked me two weeks now, and then um, I told the partner at the time that um, it was about uh, about a week and a half later. I went, oh, I am not working there anymore. I've gone full time with the company. And she was like, right, okay, that's fair enough. I understand. And she was brilliant. She was, of course, she was brilliant. And then uh, a couple of months later, she goes, um, I'm pregnant. And I was like, beg your pardon? And, Timing. <laughs> yeah, and me entire exactly me entire world just went Bloop. and like I mean and I beg and like and this sounds horrible, I know it does, but uh I begged her to have the kid. Like begged her. I was like, We can't afford this, we can't I can't do this, this is this is something I need to do, I can't I can't have a kid. Why are you doing this? And why <laughs> and uh, she was I can't get rid because she just uh, she had a lot of problems herself because she uh, she lost her dad. Uh, not so long before that as well, and he died right in front of her. It was horrible. He had a muscle pile pack in front of her, and she's. I mean, I think she's still to this day. Bless her, sleeps with uh, her dad jumping under her pillow, and um, he was a massive influence. Like he was a lovely man. He was an absolute delight of a man, and um, and she couldn't let her go. And so like he's near like, and uh, she could. She's like, I can't get rid. I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. And I'll say, Why are you doing this? And like every morning. I mean, we grew apart, obviously, but we're best friends now, but uh, we grew apart now, so because of that, and uh, it was, every time, it was just, I couldn't bring myself to talk about it to anyone, and my head was just getting worse and worse, and I'd wake up, like, if she was out, I would wake up, and I'd go down the morning, and I'd just, scr- like, I'd, I'd nearly scream, like, into, into nothing, just to, like, get, like, because it felt like my shoulders were constantly around my ears, my neck was tucked in, my teeth were clenched like 100% of the time and I've never known anything like it like, and not until that point I was I was to be honest I was a bit of a prick about uh, mental health like because uh, yeah. when I was back then there was nothing about it you know no one it was, it was a weakness and I used to think well you're, you're depressed get away yourself you know? yeah what have you got to be depressed about kind of thing yeah, yeah and I, I, what, what have you got to be depressed about that was this that was yeah. the kind of thing and then eventually you just realise that's not the point is it that is not the point at all. It's, once you once you're going through depression, there is there's not a lot you can do about this, and it was horrible. And the crushing, like I felt like I was underneath, like, like I mean, you know, if you wait on your shoulders, that's exactly why this is. That's exactly what it felt like. I was getting crushed mm. alive. And how long did that last for? That was well, that was a good time because when um when he was born as well, because his mum was a bit worried about like she was worried about like. <laughs> Depressingly worried about her figure and stuff like that, and uh, so she wasn't eating a lot to keep thin, and because she wasn't eating, the kid wasn't getting much, and he mm. wouldn't sleep he, he, on the hour, every hour, and that didn't help. Obviously, because I, I mean, I remember being awake for seventy-two hours once, and just and that just is the point where I knew I couldn't, I haven't got it in it to be a child murderer, because if I did, he'd be dead. Uh, <laughs> And that's not even like how even like it sounds horrible, but I yeah. held him in the arms once when he was just crying constantly. He'd 
he's just looking at us and crying. And and I just thought to myself in my head, I was like, if I shake him, he will shut up. Mm-hmm. And then and then I went, yeah, that's what I And then I, then the the head caught up, even though I'd been awake for like nearly three days. My head caught up, went, put him down. And I just, I mean, I dropped him slightly too high under the bed. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> he got a little <laughs> bit of a warning. <laughs> but <laughs> and I just went down, had a little cry, and then um, but then. But like the way I've sorted it out was, and this is this is where, and this is no way an indication of uh, anyone else being able to do it this way, or this is the way you should do it. And I don't think anyone that takes medicine is any way to limit. But I never wanted to take medicine. I never wanted to take pills. I can't do it. I don't like. I don't like the idea of it. Mm. And I mean, despite the fact I smoked at the time, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I'm not putting poison in my body. Uh, but I, I, I still, I don't like the idea of like pills, like mm. controlling controlling my mind and all I don't like to be that fuzzy and um I, I literally had a word with myself like I stood in front of a mirror for about 20 minutes just telling myself that this is it's got the end because I looked at one morning I screamed I was kneeling and screaming for stood up looked across into the, I've got this massive mirror in the house because you know, I'm very arrogant and handsome <laughs> and uh, I looked in the mirror and I just went look at this feel of you I went pick yourself up I literally said all this out loud to my own reflection, and I went, "You, you've got to pick yourself up. You can't, you can't do this. Like this can't be the end of it." Because I was considering walking into traffic and everything. I was just like, "I've got just," I was like, "I've got, I've got to stop this." And mm. eventually, I just went, "Yeah, yeah, you're right." And it was, it was, it was as quick as that. And the next day, I woke up going, "Right, let's let's make something better of this thing. It, it, you can't, it, you can't change what's happening now." You you've got to go on with it, and uh, so I mean he's fifteen now, so he's managed. Well, I didn't shake him to death. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I you've got a good relationship now. Yeah, oh, I mean, me, me and his mum are best friends. Like uh, best friends. We've um, I've known her for Christ Almighty. I've known her since '96. That's when we got mm. together. I was with her for eleven years, and uh, the little one's fifteen now. I say little one is taller than me, and he's he's right. I've known him just about every day. Uh, we've got. I mean, I think we've got the same interests. Uh, we've got some of the things we, like we've, we've got uh, we've got uh, joint interests. We'll we'll get on dead well. He's he's lovely. He's not he's not embarrassed by it. Like he, he still gives us hugs when I come in, and mm. uh, he still says I love you, dad. You know, there's no like uh, no no shyness about that. And he's got a brother because uh, his mum got married, and uh, he's got a brother who I absolutely adore. And um, if I take my little note, he comes with us, and he's he's eleven, and we'll get on dead well. And, uh, he's just uh, but it. It, I, I see it, I, I definitely see my own life at that point by <laughs> catching myself in the mirror, looking yeah. ridiculous and just shaking it out of myself. Yeah. It's interesting, a couple of weeks ago on here we had um, Jim Bays, James Bays, um, talking. Yeah. He did an Edinburgh show about um, his kind of um, attempted suicide and um, he talked quite openly about that. But one of the things we talked about was he the view that people often should or can take more responsibility for managing their own condition is sometimes controversial um, because it it can veer towards the uh, man up or or like we were saying you know what have you got to be depressed about thing but I think there is a there is you know it's not a binary thing it's not saying oh it's on you if you're depressed it's your responsibility and it's not it's not you absolutely have to get help from a third party or an organization there are 
it, it's got to be kind of horses for courses, really. You've got to find the square yeah. peg for your square hole. And for some people, it is coming to almost kind of an epiphany like you did, where you look in the mirror and say, fuck me, this has to stop. And you're able mm-hmm. to then make it stop. It might yeah. have been that you looked in the mirror and said, this has to stop and you weren't able to so then you would have gone to perhaps gone to someone and got the help but i think that that we shouldn't shy away from saying that if you're able to to manage it yourself then then more power to you i mean i I was in a situation where i had a breakdown and i had i went and got help but since then have self-managed and largely successfully um and i think that that it's all about if you if you're ready to and you're able to it's the best way I think yeah. it's the best way because yeah. you, a you own it more, um, and b like you say you're not putting shit into your body. You know the side yeah. effects of antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds and all like that can and be coming almost often as crippling as the mental strain as well. Absolutely, and it can almost just yeah, be as bad as the issue you first had. Um, so, but this no, is, like I'm not wanting to put anyone off going for help. Like, not at all. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's certain things that are, are right for certain people and not right for some people. Exactly. I mean, there's, I, but there's people, there's people on, on this mental health thing that, that wear it like a badge on it. Like there's mm. people that discuss the meds online as if it's like as if they're collecting Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, you can't. yeah I absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 oh, what are you on? I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know there's certain people that talk about stuff like that, but like. It, it's not. It's not. It's not Harry Potter uh, wand collection or anything like that. It's, <laughs> it's funny you mention wands because normally when I discuss it, it's normally just, oh, "What do they do to your dick?" <laughs> That's the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Do they make it Side work effect. too yeah. bad, too well, or not well enough? <laughs> yeah. I'd, um, rather, I'd rather have sad sex than no sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mate, that should be like your next tour title or something. Your next tour, <laughs> I'd rather have sad sex than no sex. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, but, but it's it's, uh, it's all it's it's all obviously it's all an individual thing. But and uh, and anyone that's going through anything, like I mean, uh, I know, and I'm aware that the people that do that that uh, put them on collection and like uh, of of uh, mental health disorders tablets and stuff. Like that, and I'm aware that they have got their own problem. It could be whatever the tablet. It could obviously they're not getting prescribed the tablets for now. Yeah, of course. But at yeah. the same time, them bragging about it on on social media is also a form of attention seeking and that's a mental health issue as well that, that yeah. if that makes them feel better then you know what go for it but i look at it i go like it kind of like it, 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 i don't know there's something about that that makes me feel uneasy yeah but, no but, I so, but, but you know what i do rather than complain about it i'll skip over that uh skip over that yes and i'll just not mention anything yeah because i tell you what i've been doing a lot recently because uh, of all these things because it has really like, Social media has like I've stopped. I'm gonna to have to stop looking around the morning. If the person is. so, on the morning, uh, if I see something that's like wound us up, I'll type a uh, I'll type a massive long reply to it and then just delete it. And <laughs> then say what you're gonna say, but then they don't have to hear it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Because so it, it's a unless unless obviously if it's a, it's a massive issue that I really think needs dealing with. But uh, yeah. if it's something like like for example the. Someone wrote, someone was writing a thing about uh, how how good uncut gems was. Eh? Now I watched that film and thought it was one of the worst films I've ever seen. Uh, the Adam Sandler sure. film. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people like this, but it was to me it was just a bunch of absolute horrible people talking yeah. about stuff I'm not interested in over the top of each other at a yeah. volume I didn't find acceptable for a very long time. And yeah. I and I, I was just like, this isn't entertainment to me. 
And then someone was like, well, it's the best film ever. If you don't think so, you shoot. And I was like, right. Oh, and, then I, and then I just went, do you know what? If I write on that, then I wasted some time in the day. I yeah. believe that. I watched it. I have to say, without getting sidetracked on that, I did watch it. And I think I kind of appreciated the work that had gone into it. But I, like you, I just thought not one of these characters, not a single one, has any redeeming qualities no. whatsoever. So I but, don't care what happens to them, you know. But to uh, the point where there, 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 was, there was not even like there was no like because um, I mean, all the sunny and Philadelphia they're all absolute twats. They're all horrible. But I I, I love that program because at least it's got something to it. So yeah. This is just nothing about nothing. We're, yeah. we're surrounded by people who just go and Adam people got Adam Sandler's performance. He was just going, and what's going on? Yeah. Really loud. Not a performance. I can tell you that. It was like unhappy Gilmore, basically. Yeah, <laughs> whingy Gilmore. Yeah. Um, so moving on though, getting back to to the mental health stuff, um, and then we'll mm-hmm. talk a bit more about comedy. Um, your second kind of, I suppose you your second big. I don't want to call it episode, but the period in your life that, that affected your second was you had a, an issue with kind of a, uh, was it a stalker, a catfish, a bit of both? Well, um, yeah, it was both. It was both, yeah. It was uh, like in uh, 2010, it was, during the time of your mum's uh, mom's death. Um, I was I was stuck in the house and I was chatting away, talking to people online and that, and I got talking to slap. And uh, just both like, Got on dead well, and then my mum died, and she lost her sister at the same time. And we were chatting for ages, and then we we're going to go and meet, and then everything just went absolutely here, wasn't it? Because um, it was just it was a horrible thing. She she catfished us, and then when she catfished us, when I worked that out, which did take an amazing amount of time because I was yeah. um, because I wasn't in a good place, you know, and I was just I just wanted this to be real so much that it just like I wouldn't listen to reason. For a long time, and then after that, um, after that, I found out she wasn't who she said she was. So I went like kind of counter stalked. So I catch her with a smoking gun in hand. Mm. For me, one, but uh, again, I, I'm 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 not Batman, and that took another two years, <laughs> detective wise. <laughs> but um, and what I should have done is like at the eventually, like uh, I just stopped contact with her, and that drew her out. So that that was what I should have done. But you know, hindsight and all that. But um, that was to, to the point where, like, because what she did was I would go to go and meet her and she would pretend that she'd had messages sent and send me them from these malicious profiles she'd sent up. So she'd sent herself malicious messages from a different profile and then send me the messages that she'd been sent by this horrible person that was telling her that uh, I was sleep around and all stuff like that. And I was like, no, yeah. no, no, I'm not, I'm not. So I basically had to do that. So every time I um, put my phone on in the morning, they'd be like, because all of our friends, which was one of the 95 other profiles she had running, Fucking hell. would uh, often get involved and talk to us and say, oh, by the way, um, she's, she's upset this morning, don't talk to her. And uh, someone going, no, you should really talk to her. So even, even all the voices in her head will have an argument. So God knows, God knows how she is now. Um, but I would wake up to 30, 40 notifications on my phone in my heart and think, because I'd know there's something, because it was definitely, all right, we'll meet this week. Okay, definitely, we'll meet this week. Oh, I can't wait, I can't wait. And then about a day beforehand, there'd be all these messages come up on my phone. 
oh god she can't make look at this and there'd be messages going down my mate's walls as well like she'd infiltrated my mate's walls and like write all this shit about it down the wall i was like Oh, God. Um, what, was, what was her intention? Do you know? Is it, do you think she was mentally ill or do you think there was actually yeah, an end she, goal she for was, her? Yeah, she was severely mentally ill because when she finally got, uh, finally had the police, I, I, I involved the police because she ended up uh, around the house and stuff. It's all, it's all in the special. Uh, <laughs> it, but uh, it, she ended up around the house and um, it, was, it was dreadful. It was absolutely awful because uh, the police said they had her in the back of the van and while they were talking to her, he said she was like fifteen different people. Like she'd yeah. be she'd be uh, laughing at one point, and she'd be in tears, and then she'd be angry, and then she'd come back out, and she said she was flirting with the coppers, and then after that she was like she's whimsical, and then she'd be laughing again, and then be angry, and then she, she said she, like, but like she had ninety five profiles. Now, normally you'd think like uh, like if there's a conversation and they'd have conversations on our wall. Now. The conversations on our wall wouldn't be hello twenty minutes later while she t- logged out and logged back in as somebody else. Hello, she must have had multiple devices open because she was chatting like instantly, like hello, oh hi, how are you? Oh yeah, fine, how are you? Oh, how? And like these would be this is going through the night, so I'd wake up and I'd check up check up page in the morning, and there's been like loads of statuses like oh sharing links with herself, with conversations about why she shared the link underneath and stuff like that. Like I mean, and I I would test her. Like, because there's times where we may have to go, and you've got, you've got to have a look at yourself here. And I, I, like, ostracised myself from a lot of my friends. I was just like, no, piss off. You don't understand. You're not in this, as where I am. You can't say from where I'm sitting there. Just going, yeah, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, no, nah, mm. no, I use the wrong. Because I wanted it to be real so much that yeah. I'd convince myself it was. And and she, even though they, every, yeah, you what, sorry? She, she played on your initial grief at losing. Yeah, of course, more. of course, she did. Eh? Yeah. Did you, ever find out if she actually had a sister? did you ever find out if she actually had a sister? Um, yes, I did. No, she didn't. <laughs> yeah, she used that like, as a death of her sister from an epitopic... I mean, from, I still remember why, an epitopic pregnancy. She collapsed the day after her, 26th birthday, her 28th birthday and had to be rushed in and she died with an epitopic pregnancy. That was the story. It's very elaborate, isn't it? With that thing, it's like it, it, I think the more elaborate it is, the more facts you got to check, the less you can be bothered to check it. Mm. You know, mm. and uh, there's, there's some of the stuff she came out. I mean, she had like she had so many like uh, so, I mean, the, every one of those profiles, every single one, uh, was an individual, and I could test that. I said, oh, how's uh, how's uh, how's uh, Andrea O'Leary doing? Oh, she's fine. She did this. Uh, all of the details were like bang on. Wow. And it's like, like um... I mean. And, Have you seen Split, like, the, um, the yes, M1? Uh, yeah, very similar. It sounds very similar to that sort of thing, but that's the stuff of fiction, I thought, but blimey. Yeah. Um, but, that's, but that's effectless to where it, I, I'd never had anxiety before, never. Uh, that, but, so, that, so the anxiety, you hadn't had that uh, no. when your son was born or any of that, that was a pure no. pressure. No. How did the anxiety manifest itself for you? Um, like I, would, I, I couldn't leave the house because I was worried something was going to happen. Um, I, I I couldn't eat. I, I still to this day I can't eat. In I still I've got like a food anxiety where um, if the restaurant's busy and I've got to eat on my own, I can't eat on my own in restaurants unless it is absolutely empty, and I can find a seat in the corner where I can hide. And like other than that, I can't eat in the restaurant. Uh, and you have to pinpoint what it is about that that makes you anxious. 
uh, I just feel like I'm getting watched. I just don't like right. it. I'd like it. Like, yeah. uh, and I've, I always had a thing. Like, I had a thing with food when I was a kid um, because my mum uh, had uh, a kid before me that died. And because of that, um, I think she was a little overcautious for me. So if I ever had anything in my mouth that I didn't like, I'll get like food wise, she'd de- food wise, obviously, you know, like. Uh, and um, if I ever put anything like any food in my mouth I didn't like, and I was like talking rather than going get it eaten, she'd go, oh, it's okay, okay, I'll take it out of my mouth. And I never really go and t- up until and like I'm I'm now I'm talking like in my late twenties, maybe. Yeah, in my late twenties, I was I, I didn't eat a lot other than chips. Uh, it was because the texture of food used to make us go weird. But now, like I'm eating a lot better. <laughs> I'm eating a lot better now. I eat all kinds now. But like I couldn't, I couldn't eat. Um, I couldn't eat a lot of stuff, and it was like so that. And I think that's another thing where it comes from. It's I still like get that kind of panic about food because if I ever used to go. If I ever used to go out with a re- to a restaurant with my friends, they'd be getting like dishes and like curries and stuff like that, and I'd just be like, "All right, do any chips?" So I'd just sit there with a bowl of chips while everyone's yeah. having the, these lovely meals, and, they, and eventually the, the embarrassment that I got was not had to had to like eat properly. It was just, it was, and, and I think that's, that's so that's where the eating in a restaurant it still gets that um, the the dread of being asked to a restaurant uh, and knowing that there might not be anything on the on the menu I like and looking like a bit of a tit I still get like when there's still a dread even though like even though I know like if I ever go to a restaurant I've never been to if I look at the menu I've still got this like hanging dread that there'll be nothing I like or something will have two 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 chunky vegetables that I can't manage without getting without going Hur. and mm. uh, I mean I'm 40 I should probably I should probably not be going eh, I don't want my vegetables chopped too big but <laughs> Uh, it's pathetic, but I know. But like, it's just something. It's a mental block I've got, and the texture of it makes. It, and it's not like, you know what? I would eat them because I like the taste of a lot of vegetables. You know, like I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. happily munch on like an onion if I could. It's not but a rational thing. That, it's just a nah. Exactly. Yeah. As soon as that yeah. onion goes in my mouth and I scrunch it, the texture makes me want to get it out of my mouth and vomit. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Wow. And so, how long did the anxiety? from that period last you still suffer with it today yes it still, still less it, less yeah. sort of severe or less often or it's it's a lot less it's it manifests itself now and yet this has kicked it off a little bit mm. uh this whole situation at the minute has kicked off a little bit to put it's not like before it used to be like weeks and weeks of anxiety where i've got, I've got, I've got to go out and i'd hide in hotel rooms at gigs and i'll not go anywhere and i'll not eat till i got to the gig or after the gig so i'd go all day without food uh, until after the gig, uh, when the gig always sorted us out. That's the, that was the, uh, and again, the anxiety, uh, I've got no outlet for it. Excuse me. I've got no outlet for the, um, for anxiety where Dr. Theatre, you know, that, which is, a, which is absolute fact. Mm. Like, um, for example, uh, if I was anxious during the day, I know fine well the adrenaline I'd get from gig would not as right. Yeah. And after that, I'd be going, oh, I don't want to go at this gig, don't want to go at this gig. Do the gig, uh, adrenaline through me, um, through my body, and then I'd be like, right, should we have a drink then? So let's, let's do this. Let's do and I'd be like, I'd be fine. But um, at the minute, I've got, I've got no outlet. And in, rather than having long, extended periods of mild anxiety, where I'm like, oh, do I really want to go out? I don't want to do that because I'm forcing myself to go out because I need the exercise because I'm not doing anything. So I've got to go. Right, I've got to go. Got to walk. Got to do this. Got to do that. And then it's building up slowly behind us. And I've had. Since lockdown, I've had three pretty massive panic attacks. Mm. 
that like I think it's like it's built up in the back of my head. But I've had like and and these haven't been normal. I've had panic attacks before, but this there was two of them, and the both the two major ones that I've had have lasted. I'm talking like six hours. Right. Yeah, and were you on your own when you had them? No, no. Yeah, me, well, my girlfriend was asleep, and I didn't like the bother. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but like I was just sitting there going, "Oh, you're gonna die! Oh, you're gonna die!" Mm-hmm. And like stuff like that goes through your head. It's like insane. Like, and at the moment, though, that's that's a so that's a rational fear ramped up to an irrational level, isn't it? Is what it is. Yeah, of course. Um, right. Because I think nobody would say to you, "You shouldn't be scared of the current situation." When when there's yeah. 40,000 minimum people dead in the country from something. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's a scary time, but when you've got that underlying complication of an anxiety disorder, it will yeah. take that fear and dial it up way past 11 to, you know, something stupidly high. And, and so, from your point of view, the best thing that can happen at the moment is you can get out and gig. Yeah. By the sounds well, of it. that's the good thing because this Saturday I'm doing the stand from Newcastle. And it's not recorded in the the thing. I've got to go to the venue, right? And it's it's all it's all very well done. It's all spaced out. Everyone's fine. And um, we've all got our own mics and uh, everything like that. And and no audience it, being filmed to put out. The, the audience because we're in, so, yes, it's going out live. So the audience are all the comics that's going to be on social nice. distance in the room because the room's massive. It's yeah. downstairs at the Newcastle Stand. But I'm going to be there at a comedy club. It's going to feel good, and I'm going to. In, like in the crowd, the, I mean the comics, most of them will laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean even out of politeness, so to make sure that I laugh when they're on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, what, there's going to be noise. There's going to be people to do it to, and it's going to be like, oh, it's just going to feel so good. I, I honestly amazing. can't tell you, can't tell you how excited I am for that. Color me very jealous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's going to be it's going to be so good. And I mean it's, it's paid as well, which is a big deal because like I mean the financial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I have literally gone from a full diary up to February next year to zero and picking up stuff day, day in, day out. Yeah, scary times, I suppose, from that point of view. Um, although Indeed. I saw I saw something flash up, and I don't I haven't read the stories, but just before we recorded this, I saw something flash up as an alert to say that they're talking about some pubs being able to reopen outdoor only for the summer from a couple of weeks' time or something. Mm. So I suspect some pubs might try and do some sort of outdoor events or whatever. It might start picking up a little bit, but I don't know what the what's going to happen. I don't know how people are going to, you know, the punters, if you like, are going to feel about coming out um, and what have you. And, and it just be, it's all a bit of an unknown, isn't it? But um, oh, from the way you're talking, though, I mean, I don't, and from our previous conversation, which nobody will hear because the recording fucked up, um, it, it seems like one of the questions I generally ask on here is, you know, how does your mental health affect your comedy, and how does your comedy affect your mental health? And it feels like um, your mental health doesn't seem to impact your comedy too negatively, and your comedy helps your mental health situation. Is that a fair summary? Would you say? Yeah, yeah, it does. It, it, uh, it's a symbiotic relationship, I think. Um... It, the me wanting to go on stage does it, when I'm anxious does help a hundred hundred percent and it also like even for the gigs that I'm not particularly keen on like it does guys like because I'm like if I'm a bit like oh god it's going to up on Thursday and it's raining and I've got to get the last train and I've got to sit and don't last you for forty minutes at midnight but then I'm like all day I've been chewing my fingernails inside out yeah <laughs> then I'm going like right well that's what it'll do for you. So 
push and it just pushes to it just pushes to do more. And the the anxiety like I think when I'm on stage it helps to be a bit braver when I'm talking to the crowd as well. Because there's a lot of people that are bottlers because they're not not getting laughs, but not, like that's the thing about comparing. You've got to you've got to not be scared of the silence because mm. you'll be talking to somebody and they'll be silent for a bit. But if you push and push and push, you get somewhere. And you get somewhere funny, and that's me. That's that the yeah. Because I think if I don't make this work, then I'm going to feel worse. I'm going to have anxiety and I've had a bad gig. Yeah. So it makes us push to find something funny. And yeah. to make everybody's if night. you keep digging, you'll find gold eventually, won't you? Absolutely. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people don't. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just say it's not that easy a skill. But um, I mean, I've seen some companies keep digging, and I've just gone. I mean, put that bit down now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, one one last thing then. So you, you mentioned the special very briefly. as a bit of a throwaway comment about, but you you. You actually basically wrote a show about your experience with this crazy catfish lady. Um, yes, I did. What was it? What was the special called, and how did that come about? Well, that was what was it? Very about? clever name. It was very clever name. It was called Stalked. Uh, <laughs> someone gave us a much better that? name afterwards as well. Someone gave us a much better name afterwards. He goes, uh, "Why didn't you call it Matfish?" And I was like, "Oh, you <laughs> where were you? Yeah, where were you?" <laughs> so, um, um, and did you do that? Stalked. As a tour or just in Edinburgh or a bit of both? Uh, no, I did it in Edinburgh, uh, but like obviously I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not one of the trendy ones. No one gave a shit. But it was uh, <laughs> they, everyone that taught loved it, and um, I, I had like uh, the rooms were the rooms were. Like, I mean, obviously it was me first ever Edinburgh doing a show, uh, and that was because I've got no time for Edinburgh. I don't, I don't, mm. uh, I don't really like it very much uh, during that time. I love Edinburgh, but not not the best one. It's not for me. Yeah. And um, while I was up there, I, I loved it. Uh, and I loved doing the show, and then I, I never did anything with it. But uh, people often ask us, like, "Oh, I wish I'd seen that." So I went, let's see how much you wish you'd seen that. And some of the lads I work with, um, called Fingers and Fringe, they um, they're doing, they wanted to build a portfolio. So should you mind if we film your special when you do it? Cause, and I went, that's, a, that's an idea. I'll put it on at the stand. And I've got quite a following at the stand, which is nice. And uh, I filled the room up lovely, and uh, I thought it's perfect. We'll we'll film it, and we've got. Uh, We've got a nice, nice version of it. Uh, and where can people see uh, that? It's on the hot water on demand at the minute. Uh, so I think, I think there's, um, I think you might, if you if you go on there, you can you can sign up for a bit. Uh, you don't have to sign up for yeah, just or anything like that. But you can sign up for a bit. And there, there's loads of brilliant specials on there. Dan Nightingale's got a special on mm. there. Andrew Bird, just two examples of brilliant. And Paul Smith, all Paul Smith stuff. You know, this guy's yeah. lad, uh, all his stuff's up there. Uh, but you can you can have a look and uh, put me specials up there. And I'm very I'm very very proud of it. And um, just have a have a watch of that. Nice one. I'll show, I'll include a link with to it with the when yes, we put I this out. Um, and then so the final question then because we're drawing to a close. It's been a great chat again. Um, I don't know the answer because I asked you this last time, but just for those who didn't hear it because they couldn't. Um, the question I ask everyone is: Would you, um, if you could have plain sailing with your mental health for the rest of your life, you know, nice even keel, no problems, no dramas. Um, and the price was you never got on stage again. Uh, would you take that deal? I would. I would throw that deal so hard back into the face. <laughs> I, I can't. Like it's what I do. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, and you know what people. I think I, I think I told you. I think this is the same story I told you last time. And uh, I was asked by Ian Swan. You know what? Man, he's too toxic comedian. And I was with another comic on the stage, and where he, he looked at him and goes, "You're too toxic comedian." He was there, right? Both of you, you've won a million pounds on the lottery. What would you do? 
would you do comedy again? He said to the other lad, no, no, no probably not. I'd just do this and I'd go here. And he goes, Matty, what would you do? I went, I'd probably have a gig to celebrate. And he goes, there you go. <laughs> That's yeah. the difference. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't... I don't. I just got the comedy club. That's it. I forgot yeah, the comedy exactly, club. That's I, it. All right. I've got my own room yeah. now, guys. Fuck you. I'll be here yeah, every yeah, night, I, whether anyone is or not. <laughs> and I put comics on that I like, so I didn't have to work with Dick again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Listen, Matthew, it's been um, it's been a pleasure again speaking to you, and, and uh, we've not my actually physically met yet, but I really hope that changes. Um, oh, yeah, I'll, no I'll, I'll come and eat whatever you want with you in a restaurant if it helps. <laughs> it's, uh... I'm all right in Nando's. We'll do a Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. Um, but stay safe and uh, don't let the buggers get you down with all of this stuff that's going on at the moment. But no, um, well, thanks for coming on. Stuff. All right. My you take care, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was uh, episode five of Sparks of Madness with Matthew Reed. Uh, for me, a fascinating conversation where we we covered an awful lot of ground um, and uh, uh, you know discussed a, a wide range of issues. Um, and I suppose um, you know that's why maybe we don't get into huge depth with any of them. But I think you get a real flavour of the different things that can affect people, um, and also the thing that if you cast your mind. Back Back to episode three, we were talking about with uh, James Bays about um, people managing their own uh, mental health and how sometimes that can be beneficial or appropriate. Um, so fantastic. Uh, let you know what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Next week, we have our first uh, female guest. That's not by design. Um, it's just um, in, in that we, you know, we haven't been avoiding having women on. Uh, we've got Maxine Wade coming on next week. She's She talks about her uh, mental health history in great detail, and it was a fascinating conversation. And then the week after that, we have my really good friend, uh, Mr. Jem Stewart, who's a comedian and a performance poet, um, and is a uh, an alcoholic uh, recovered alcoholic or recovering alcoholic um who now is a counselor professionally for people with alcohol addiction so we really get into in that episode uh, mental health from kind of both sides of the the the, the counselor's chair or table i suppose um really fascinating conversation from someone that i knew before i got into comedy um and uh, is one of my my best friends in the industry and a really good friend out of it so i'm looking forward to that so that's the next couple of weeks coming up um so do listen to those um please do like subscribe send your comments share tell your friends i want i really think this is a good podcast that people within or without the industry can can listen to so please do share it and and just give me feedback as well if you think we need to change anything up or if there's anything you're not liking or you wish we were doing that we're not doing please do let me know cheers bye-bye Sparks of Madness is hosted by Graham Rayner and is a Gag and Bone Man comedy production.